Welcome to another episode of Beyond the Blade here on the Die by the Blade podcast network for the first time officially. I am your co-host of three, Chad Didimenesis, and as always, I am joined by Bill Shockey and Anthony Chandra. Anthony, Bill, how's the last month for you been, boys? It's been a little bit of a time. It's been good. It's been quiet, which has been weird. But uh, I think it's been a a nice break, at least for me. Um, But yeah, it's exciting to, we're starting to get some, you know, exciting, good things to talk about. People are actually happy for once. So uh, it's nice to hang on to that for a little bit. And uh, yeah, I think it's been a a nice month off. Weather's been pretty good, not much rain. So all good over here. Yeah, same. Uh, It's been it's been quiet, like Bill said. Uh, obviously, my primary function is, you know, writing at Die by the Blade, and uh, just shooting topics off of chat has kind of been my main uh, pastime. Like, hey, does this make any sense right now? The timing. It's funny seems that last weird. combo we had. Every time it was like, yeah, well, that's probably we, like a better preseason art preseason topic. Or like, everything, everything we came yeah. up with was like, yeah, that sounds better for like a month from now. <laughs> it just seemed to be a recurring theme. Like, yeah. so I'm going to talk about our 12th defenseman. Yeah, which we are going to talk about defensemen, so I don't say that one. But I'm uh, stopping. <laughs> yeah, it, it's you know it's it is kind of a weird thing because there's really not a lot going on, but it's still, we're still in a point, uh, at least for the Sabers here, where it's a uh, I don't I don't want to say the word like critical juncture here, but really I think there is. I still think there's that there's that dark cloud um, that we all know what that is, kind of looming over the offseason here, waiting for that final shoe to drop. So we kind of can stop fighting with each other, whether or not this is going to be the roster, whether the roster is going to still, you say slightly, but also importantly, I think change here uh, prior to training camp, which is just about a month away. Actually, I think less than a month away now. So it's, uh, it's, it's an interesting time. You know, there's, I think there's like 400 RFAs that still need to be signed. So, you know, it's something we've never really seen before. So it's, it's, it'll be kind of interesting to see how this goes the next few weeks. You know, it could be a busy couple of weeks prior to training camp where a lot of things happen. Uh, it could be dead. We could have four or five good players not play in the beginning of the season, which could also be, I mean, not for the Sabres, but for other teams with RFA. So it could be, it's an interesting time around the league. I mean, we talked about before the podcast started. I mean, Jake Gardner doesn't have a job yet. Uh, and, well, not a job. Well, I guess he doesn't have a job. He doesn't have a team, and neither does like Brian Boyle or Patrick Maroon. So there's still some free agents out there. So un, 
I don't want to say unprecedented, but interesting times in the NHL for sure, at least for late August. You're right. I mean, what, first preseason games, tickets just came out, like the 16th, so you're right yeah. on, less than a I month mean, they, away. I mean, they go to camp for like two days on the first preseason game. It's kind of, it's kind of crazy. <laughs> that whatever. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think we're kind of getting to that point where I think we've all kind of been on a nice little hiatus, but now we're all kind of, you know, waking up from the slumber, coming back and saying, hey, they still need quite a bit to do here. Right, right. So. I kind of, I guess we'll start with, well, let me run this down. So what we're going to touch on today, I kind of tweeted on Twitter, but I'll kind of recap here. So we're going to touch on uh, wrist line here right at the top because uh, I have some stuff I'm going to share there that I kind of hyped up. So I want to make people wait. Although you should listen to the entire podcast. I'm going to be nice and do it in the beginning, but I'm not going to be the mean guy and put that all at the end and make this in the entire podcast, but you're going to listen to the entire podcast anyways. Uh, and then we're going to talk about, I, I kind of stole this topic from the instigators. I really liked it. Uh, kind of in a way, it'll kind of base around would you rather have Skinner with Eichel or Reinhardt with Eichel? Not both, one or the other. So we'll kind of dive into that a little bit. We're also going to talk about who should, as currently constructed on the roster, who we think kind of makes the most sense to play right wing one uh, with Eichel. So we'll kind of talk about that. Uh, and then we're going to talk about the defense a little bit. I think we'll tie into the Risto thing. And then also we're going to talk about the awesome jersey news we kind of touched on at the beginning here. So uh, we'll – We'll start it this way. I'll, I'll approach you guys with this question, and then I'll go into my Aristo talk. So, Bill, we'll start with you. Yeah. If you were a gambling man, what are the odds you would put on Risto on the opening night roster? Oh, I'm sorry. Let's do it this way. What are the odds you put on Risto is in training camp with the Sabres? What percentage? Gut feel. Not knowing I'm going to say anything right now. Gut feel. Right, right. Um, training camp? Yeah, he's on, the, he's on the training camp roster. He shows up day one of training camp. 40%. 40%. Anthony, what about you? Yeah, I was going to say 50-50. I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm pretty much in the same boat. Maybe yeah, I lean a little bit more toward he won't be here, but uh, I, I don't know. I guess I'll go 50-50 if we're talking about training camp. Okay, so I'll I'll start my thing here. Uh, and I might Here's talk why slow. you're both wrong. Yeah. No, comes no, the trail. no, no, no. <laughs> Easy, because because actually I'm I'm gonna kind of talk about where I'm, I was actually in the same place you guys were, uh, oh. so kind of bear with me here. There's some things that I'm allowed to say and allowed to say, so I'm kind of kind of stumble through my words here, perhaps, and kind of dance around. But here's what I can tell you. So, if you would have asked me earlier last week uh, what the odds were, I think I'd have been more Anthony is like fifty fifty. Uh, now today, after some a conversation or two I've had over the weekend here. Uh, I'm leaning more towards the area of 70, 30, that he is not on the training camp roster. So here's the situation where it stands. Um, and I even, I, I think John Warrow kind of slow my thunder a little bit in a way, kind of tweeted about this earlier today um, that, you know, anything can kind of happen. Nothing's a hundred percent, but there's definitely a belief in the organization that there's, that they will get something done prior to training camp. I think there's a desire on both sides uh, to have a change of scenery um, for the Sabres and Bristol-Liner, of course. And, you know, I mean, it's, it's all kind of, I mean, we have the Risto comments about a couple weeks ago. We have Kruger and Bowderell's comments just the other day at FanFest. We have Bowderell. I mean, remember this whole Bristol-Liner not being happy thing started back when Bowderell made those quest, those comments at the draft, you know, prior, you know, to, prior to the draft starting and about him, you know, someone asked if he asked for a trade and he kind of was about to say no and then stopped and then stumbled. So <laughs> it's kind of where it all, you know, kind of started here. But uh, 
at least in terms of Rissa not being happy. So there's, I, I think there's a situation where there's been trade discussions. I think with about four to five teams that I'm aware of that are realistically involved. Uh, and I think I've tweeted them out, you know, Detroit, Anaheim, Winnipeg, and there's somebody else that I'm missing, but they really weren't that much involved in it. Those are the kind of main, all Florida was their team. Those are kind of the main three teams that are really involved, though Detroit, Winnipeg, and Anaheim. So I, I think there's a, we're at a point now where maybe there's been conversations on a deal that I think are a little bit farther than, I would guess I'd say beginning stages. I, I think there's, I'll put it, I have, I wasn't told specifically, but from the comments that I had, I kind of feel like perhaps there's a framework type of a deal in place somewhere, or at least it's close enough where I think it's just waiting for one or two things around the league or a specific team to happen. Uh, and then that deal kind of is close. They can revisit it and they can kind of lock that in and get that done. Uh, I was told that specifically it was a, they were, it was a Western conference team that is most interested. Uh, so that leads me to Winnipeg or Anaheim uh, based on my beliefs from what I'm kind of going through here. I, I think Winnipeg um, makes the most sense if there's some sort of waiting to happen here where Anaheim's kind of set and if they want to make a deal, they can, but I don't know. It, it's going to be interesting kind of what happens here. You know, I, it's <laughs> this last part. I, again, I got to kind of dance around it. It wouldn't surprise me if at some point here in the next week or so to week and a half, if the Sabres reach out to Ristolainen's agency or his side and inform him officially in a way to expect to play some, to start training camp somewhere else. So hmm. that's kind of the way I'll leave it. I can't get into specifics on it, but that that's kind of what I think could end up happening. We'll see kind of where the next week or two goes here, but yeah, I, I think there's something definitely heading towards that direction. So like I said, you had kind of had Waro with that similar comment too coming out here. I think if at some point it gets to the agency situation that I mentioned, um, you know, Friedman, those big guys are going to try to pick up on it too. So we'll see. And, and again, I'll come back to say nothing is 100%. I'm not going to sit here and tell you I guarantee he's not going to be on the training camp roster. I guarantee he's not going to be on the starting night, opening night roster. But I think there's a desire to get this done. I think the comments – I think really haven't helped. I would say, you know, if you remember Batterl, you know, talked a lot, talks a lot about he wants players here who want to be here. So I think the more Risto's kind of made it clear that he's not happy. I think that's kind of maybe pushed Batterl to make sure he gets something done. So we'll see, but uh, essentially that's what I have. Like I said, I, I think your two teams mainly the focus on here are Winnipeg and Anaheim. Uh, I can tell you with Anaheim that Batterl really wants Andre Kashi, but I don't think it's going to happen uh, because if that's the case, then I think I believe Anaheim wants them to take back money and that keep it like Henrik or even Kessler, I heard too, is a possibility, but Yikes. that doesn't work for the Sabres at this point. They can't do that. So I think it's kind of off the table, but the desire was Kashi, but we'll kind of see if, if it goes the Anaheim route where that ends up. So yeah, that's, that's, that's where I am. I guess I'll let either of you guys talk and throw comments because my voice kind of hurts from talking so much. So, I'll pass the mic to you for your initial reactions. It's a lot to chew on. I mean, <laughs> I think in general, yeah, I think in general it makes me feel better about the situation. Um, I guess it's kind of, I don't know if I want to say weird, but I just kind of wonder where Botterill's head was at, that if he was, it sounded like to me, the way you kind of put everything, that he was maybe in 50-50, and then kind of Risto himself gave him the extra nudge he needed to move on. I don't know if it's uh, them. I, I think it's maybe 
just waiting on other things to happen or what? Yeah, and I think maybe it's maybe it's getting to the point now where there might not be a point of return. Or maybe he kind of if he didn't like the offers he was getting, maybe he's like, All right, we'll wait, we'll wait this out. Or maybe he gets to the Which point where about. it's like, I, I I can't really wait this out. I'm just gonna have to eventually just take the best thing I can get. Now that's not a I guess he doesn't feel like he has to trade him no matter what, but I think, you know, if there's something a little bit under what he was asking for that works for him, I think he would take it, you know? I mean, I, I don't know the exact ask, but I'm assuming they're probably asking for some sort of top six forward, you know, and maybe something else or some sort of thing. But, you know, if it turns out to maybe like a, again, I, I keep saying like a Jack Roslevic or even said like a Jesse Pugliarvi type deal. Like one of those type of players where I think has potential, but they're not Nick Ehlers. You know what I mean? I think that kind of type thing is what maybe we should be expecting. So would you say that's a quote-unquote like drop-off at this point? Not that yeah. necessarily we knew what it initially was, but... Right. A slight drop-off. I mean, it depends right. how you feel about, like, Russell. Like, you know, do, do you feel like he really is a top-six forward, or is he, like, you know, we'll see kind of guy? So I, I think he could fit in perfectly in the right wing on that top line. Uh, but I, I guess it's more of a kind of a feel what you think. But again, you know, it's, you hear Nick Ehlers, you hear Jake Roslevic, you know, you know, they're not on similar playing fields, right? Of course. Yeah, I think one way or another, it's going to be funny. And it's kind of been the, the case with Ristolainen, you know, for the last few years. You're going to have the analytics community probably like the trade. And you're, you know, everyone else who, who's kind of like, you know, into Ristolainen's base stats and his, you know, just raw production uh, despise it because it's not a player they necessarily heard of, right? It's not, it's not a household name. Um, so there's, there's going to be the, the <laughs> Ristolainen argument is going to, continue just because of his, you know, aura, you know, uh, of being and on the sur- very, very thin surface, a good player, but also when you dive in a really, really bad player uh, who gives up more than he produces, obviously. And the O'Reilly situation from last season is just going to kind of exacerbate that problem. Um, so I'm excited to see what the deal is going to be if, if indeed it does occur. Uh, but the the fallout is going to be really really interesting, um, and and you know the split of opinion on him will probably be more stark than ever. Uh, not not to sound like I you know I want to see the chaos, but I, I'm I'm interested. <laughs> right. I think I think you're spot on. I mean I I think that's right. I mean because kind of the way you laid it out, I think no matter kind of what the comeback is, Risto is such a negative impact that the analytics crowd is going to like the trade. Well, right, right. Just by removing him, basically, um, <clears throat> and then. Like you said, depending on what you get back, especially with, well, I guess we wouldn't know necessarily if I would start. Hopefully, we would imagine he would. But uh, with the injuries, if maybe the defense starts off a little rusty with the new pieces, then you're going to hear that crowd even louder. What's also kind of funny I wanted to mention real quick is Anaheim as a possibility. It almost kind of feels like, hey, um, (laughs) we're going to give you your less than sexy analytically, you know, not so great guy uh, who's the odd man out on our end and, and you give us yours. So we'll, we'll just flop those kind of, I know Montour obviously has better, you know, underlying numbers in wrist line. And, but he, he was kind of the odd man out of sorts in, in Anaheim. And it's just kind of funny to see us kind of swap defensemen that way twice. One thing that's interesting speaking of Anaheim is I, I can't a hundred percent confirm this, but I, I was told a little bit ago, a couple months ago that with Anaheim, you know, with the Montour deal, I think initially there was a, I don't know how deep went into, but there was a conversation that I think Risto and Monta were both part of that package. Um, mm. That's like a trade. And so I, I think this isn't the first time Risto's name came up with Anaheim. I think they kind of maybe visited it around the time of the Montour trade, but I don't know how far that got. 
That's interesting. That I think that was it. Again, I can't get from that 100%, but I was told by two people that 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 they believe that was the case. People I mean, are starting to realize the combo starter that, you know, what about so and so and right. There I don't really know where it went. Hmm. Obviously not far enough to make a trick. So. <laughs> right. People are starting to realize my role here is literally just to be vague enough to milk additional information on Chad. <laughs> 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 nice, nice. That's an important role. <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. I, it's been under the guise of betrayal, but in reality, it's just kind of been a... <laughs> it's for the people. It's, for the, it's really for it's the fans. For the people. <laughs> At the end of the day, that's what it's all about. <laughs> I mean, I guess generally thinking about it as like, a, you know, taking a step back, that makes sense, right? Like if you're making a trade like Montour, you'd imagine that a, tra- a person like Rista would come up at some point. Right. Right. Okay. Yeah. Maybe it was a one. For, like, what about a one for one or this type of deal? And then you know, maybe Anaheim was like, no. Or maybe Buffalo didn't want to do it. And then it went into Gooley in the first. And you know, so again, I don't, I don't want anybody to go crazy that thinking that I'm saying that Bottle will turn down a Rizzo from Montour one for one. That's not what I'm saying at all. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying his name at some point. I believe in that was. scenario though, if Bottle preferred to part with Gooley and a one instead of parting with Rizzo, you got to wonder what his price tag must be for the guy. You know what I mean? Right. Just, exactly. Just, I know we're really going down the rabbit hole there, but yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, for sure. So I guess that kind of ties back into, uh, you know, they have 12 defensemen here, right? I mean, that's what it kind of ties back into. So that's, I mean, personally, I'm the one hoping wrist lining goes because I I think if he doesn't, that means Yoki Haru starts in the AHL, which I don't like any bit of that. Yuck. To be honest. Yeah. So I I think I I need that roadblock out of the way, basically. Because on my right side is... Montour, Miller, and Yoki Haro. I like that a lot, right? Yeah. I mean, you, you wrote about Will Borgen too, so maybe then Will Borgen, I guess, becomes what? The, the next guy in line? There's an injury, injury mm-hmm. in that right side? Pro, pro, well, I, I think once Begosian gets healthy, he'll be healthy, back. But, yeah, but no, yeah, yeah, I mean, I'd hope it would be Borgen. I mean, I, the, the whole basis of the article, and I, I think, you know, one of the things, when, when you're talking about asset management, right, and and I guess it depends on your definition of what's short term and what's long term. For me, short term is one to three years, right? That that's kind of like your your. That's when you start getting into long term, right? And when you suggest after that first year, hey, look, if you're still flush with these assets and you decide to extend Brandon Montour, you start have to start looking for a trade market for a guy like Brandon Gooley because you're not going to leave him. I mean, maybe he's your seventh defenseman, but but in reality, he's probably more than that. And so, are you going to? let that asset just kind of depreciate in value sitting as a scratch at 23 years old, or you're going to recoup value knowing that you've got Samuelson, Johnson, Laxon, and Cornholm even in a, in a couple more years, you know what I mean? Uh, waiting in the wings and, 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 you know, you don't necessarily need to uh, forfeit that opportunity cost for, for the sake of, you know, immediate depth. It's an interesting situation. You, you've got a lot of dead weight, I want to call it right now. But I mean, I know a substantial amount of it is coming off the books after this season. You know, Scandella, Bogosian, Hunwick, uh, maybe even Nelson. Yes, one more additional year. Uh, but regardless, okay, those right. are, uh, Nelson goes. What, say, Nelson goes, you're right. Yeah, oh, okay. Fair enough. Right. So, so I mean, that, that's all good. I mean, that, that, that's a short term cost, and you're probably going to have Borgen spend most of his time in the AHL this year anyway. But yeah, the big one is, is Ristolainen because Yogi Haru can't be in the AHL this year. I mean, he he can theoretically, but he should. God shouldn't be. Um, so yeah, basically, exactly what you're saying. Where it's about 
asset management on top of okay, so we've got a price for Ristolainen, but but what's the cost of keeping Yokiharu off the, out of the top six? You know what I mean? You have to kind of weigh that in relation to what you're getting as a return, um, which is why I, I I don't know maybe my fifty fifty guess was was not generous enough just in thinking of it that way, hoping that Bottero understands asset management in that same light, which I'm sure he does. I mean, look, I mean, I, I, I wrote about it, you know, I've tweeted about it, so I don't need to get too deep into it, but I think it's, I think there's a potential there to have, you know, a really good defense. I, I think it's a defense that Bill and I, we kind of the podcast ourselves kind of looked at, you know, that puck moving speedy defense that we kind of always wanted here. We never really got it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there's that potential, you know, to have that this season, but it also there's a potential to have, I mean, if you're going to have Skindel in the lineup, first line and still that you're going to have a lineup um, in a way, I think. Because you can't be 100% certain. I mean, you know what Yoki Haru 100% is going to be, but I think there's the possibility you can ice a worse defensive unit by just not moving players out. And, right. you know, that falls in the GM, right? That That's the GM's fault to of doing that. So that, that I wouldn't blame, I mean, Kruger's supposed to coach him up, you know, but I, I would place more of that blame on the, on the GM. Basically, what I was saying, just in way way more concise and just a lot fewer words. <laughs> no, no, you're you're absolutely right. And Kevin, actually, who who is a friend of the show, um, he uh, he brought Last up episode. something. Right, oh God, stop! <laughs> I, I know that burns you. Like for me, though, that and I was like, damn it, because that was that was a really awesome episode. Whatever, I'm not going to lament it. Um, but he brought up something kind of interesting uh, on the Scandella front, and, and I just wanted. Kind of chat about this because you mentioned him. Um, he said, outside of Jake McCabe, who's killing penalties in this top six? You know what I mean. If if you're if you are getting rid of uh, Ristolainen, who I don't I don't think is a good penalty killer anyway, but you get the idea, right? He he's kind of used in that role, um, you know, as well as power play, obviously. But um, you know, and that's why that was why he was saying Marco Scandell is going to be in the top six guys, and and I think he's right. And I don't know. I'm not saying that's for the right reason, but I can see the Sabers looking at it that way. And I know a lot of people are, are keen on moving Scandella out as well as Ristolainen. I don't think that's going to happen for the same reason Kevin laid out. And I just kind of wanted to get your thoughts on that because I, I thought it was a really interesting talking point that kind of got lost in the Twitterverse. Well, in general, to start the season, who else would you have on left? You well, if you, tra- if you traded, if you traded Scandella, you'd have Hunwick, I guess. You know, or, or maybe you'd, you'd, I don't know. I guess move someone how to the long is, offside. How long is Pilot going to be up? I mean, I can live with Hunwick, Hunwick yeah. for a couple of weeks to a month, right? I mean, but more than Scandella, yeah, for sure. There's some talk that maybe even Hunwick isn't healthy. Like, there's been some again recent chat. Yeah, again, right? Right. So, so there's mm. been some whispers of that too. So, I I don't know. I, I guess I mean, there's really no left shot defense ready to come up. I mean, I don't think you want to pull Bryson up at the beginning of the season. No. a bit much. So, I don't know. I mean, I. If you want to have Scandella be your seven, fine. But it has to be under the understanding that the second pilot is ready. You want to give him two AHL games to get in shape, whatever, fine. But he needs to be here immediately. Like, that that just needs to happen. Right. As, as soon as he's healthy. Yeah, and then it brings you back to, you know, if you're going to like, – because, you know, Botterill kind of insinuated that he, he wasn't afraid to move, you know, or waive, rather, one-way contracts – it brings you back to, okay, but Rochester has a, a veteran limit, right? So if you're going right. to move on away, can you, and move, you know, it, it's just something has to give here and, and it's not giving and, and it's, it's just bizarre. You know what I mean? It's, it, it, assets have to move, but if they don't, you're really, really hurting your, your optimization of that top six, just surely from a numbers game perspective. Yeah, no, you're right. So the clock is kind of a, 
is running on me here. So we're going to, we're going to take our first break here. Uh, Roger only break. So kind of how this works. We're going to have a dollar on dive of the blade. We're kind of going to have throw a little 30 second ad here in the beginning. So we're going to, and we're in the middle. So we're going to take our break here. Uh, I do want to come back to the defense thing before we switch topics. Cause I don't think we kind of finished everything there. So I don't want to cut that conversation off, uh, but we're going to take a quick break here. So in 30 seconds, we'll come back, finish up on defense. And then we're going to kind of get in the conversation of who would you rather, who would you rather have on Eichel's line, Skinner or Reinhardt? And I just mentioned numbers we'll kind of dive into. So uh, we'll be back here in 30 seconds and we'll continue our conversation here on uh, Beyond the Blade. Welcome back to Beyond the Blade. A little Coheed playing us in there. I know a favorite of Anthony and myself. Uh, I'm, I don't think Bill's a big Coheed fan, but Anthony and I are. So they're they're playing us in in this episode. So to pick back up on the conversation quickly we were having there, um, you know, I, I think the left side conversation of the defense is interesting. You know, it's, I think even that penalty kill point is interesting. I mean, there's I think Colin Miller has killed penalties. Uh, I don't know, like, is Dowling going to have to do it now? Is that the way it's going to have to be? You know, McCabe has killed penalties, and he's going to be around still. Um, I, I, don't, I don't remember if Yoki Haro did. I feel like he did a little bit maybe, but I have to go back and check that. But I don't, I don't know. I mean, Pilot did, I think. You know, does Montour have to kill penalties? I don't know. I, I think that's kind of a – I guess the whole penalty kill thing. Is, is it enough of an impact? Mm. Is there enough time in that in a game that I need to worry about it, basically, I guess you could say? The funny thing is I was literally just about to say this might sound really dumb, but how much besides like <clears throat> it being more time that Dalian's on the ice doesn't really matter. Right. Can I also put Eichel out there and just have him feed breakaways the entire penalty kill? <laughs> oh, <laughs> I mean, that's, that's been your stick for years, right? You get fast, good players in the penalty kill, and that's, that's been Bill's go-to. It's his trademark. So I, I agree. I agree with that. You know, I don't think it matters that much, but I guess I'm just more curious. You know, do you think that would play into their logic a little bit? Oh, I, sure I, would any hockey I could, yeah. yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just nauseated at, at the thought of you know if Colin Miller and or some whoever ends up there, and the penalty kill is not awesome right away. Just the hot takes, like none of them can hit. Bunch of it's like ugh. You know, team team grit is going to come out in full force. <laughs> So new plan. You get out of the way. Make, let the goalie make the save. Yeah, right. I think someone tweeted that this kind of just came up. Like, just get everybody out of the way. Let the goalie save it and just clear it. Like, don't don't worry about hitting people. Or anything, right? And tell your speed guys to go get it. Right. Penalty kill over with a shorthanded goal in pocket. Yeah, I mean, aggressive penalty kill, right? I mean, you have speed guys on there that attack the puck, makes you know the power play team move it quicker, maybe than they want to. And you know, I mean, I, I'm not. I would. You know, mentioned Eichel. I think I would maybe. I don't want to get too deep on this rabbit hole. But uh, I wouldn't be opposed to putting Eichel out there because he doesn't do a good job when he's out there, at least creating offense, and you know, that, that kills a penalty, basically, because the other team doesn't have the puck. But also, at the same time, I would do it more of a change of pace thing within a game, maybe a certain situations or kind of once or twice. The reason is because, I, I realistically, I don't need Jack Eichel out there potentially blocking shots and getting hurt. Mm. Like, I feel like that's kind of what I have. Johan Larson, Jurgensen's if you want it, Rodriguez, um, Oposo, Johansson even? Yeah, I don't know if Johansson's done that, but that's why I have guys who can do that. You know, I, I don't need sure. I don't need him out there doing that. So is it change all the time, case? constantly, I guess you could say, all the time. You know, okay, because that's what I was gonna ask. A change like, up. Because they were doing that the last like what, 
20, 10 seconds of penalty kills. Yeah, and I like that. Or even a start one, right? Like, if, if yeah, you want to do it, like, yeah. a start one or, like, near the end of one, I like that. And then first clear, get them off? Yeah, I'm fine with that. Yeah. Right, or but maybe, yeah. like I said, maybe it makes sense kind of at the end because... Well, here's the thing. You if that power play unit stays out there long, maybe they're tired and he gets free and the defenseman is tired from being out there. You know, that's possible. I'm thinking, yeah. It's just, it's knowing, knowing the situation. When Eichel's out there, yep. you're, you know, softer off the boards. Yep. I mean, he can go on a two-on-one with Rodriguez and Erod can pull that fake shot pass. <laughs> <you know? laughs> it's all coming back to us. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, wrapping up the defense thing, is there... And I think we kind of, I don't know if you guys have anything else you want to touch on it, but I think that's kind of, you've started to, to organically transition to forwards. You know, is before the defense or anything else you guys want to touch on or are we ready to talk about some Sam Reinhardt, Jeff Skinner stuff? Yeah, I mean, yeah, as of now, it's just, it's either Scandella or Hunwick or your third guy, right? So, right. Yeah. It is what it is, unfortunately, on the left side, at least. All right. So here's, like I said, here's the conversation uh, or topic. I, I think also we'll tie into uh, the right wing situation we're going to talk about too so uh the instigators in our andrew peter wgr show um had an interesting uh poll i, I think it was a uh, whatever marty's thing it's i can't think of what it is right now but whatever it is this uh, or that. This I, or, so, oh okay yeah, yeah it was, i think it was that question um you know basically would you rather have essentially it comes boils down to would you rather have jeff skinner with eichel or jeff skinner on his own line and Sam Reinhardt with Eichel or Jeff Sam Reinhardt on his own line. So yeah, if you if you have a long in-depth answer, go for it because mine's pretty short and sweet. Okay, I have numbers, so I guess I'll let you guys go first. Maybe I'll be more in depth. So Bill, you yeah. can go first and do the short and sweet guy. I'm not taking my 40 goal scorer off the line of the center <laughs> that I just paid a million dollars. So uh yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and try and strike lightning as much as I can and tell him to keep scoring goals on Eichel's wing. Yeah, I'm 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 in the same boat for for basically the same reason. Uh, I will add that, and and I, I know people don't like to think this matters, but but it does. Um, you've got you've got Ryan Reinhardt's contract coming up, right? And I, I think that it, it, if it isn't obvious already, the time is now to let him run his own line, and you know, I think I think unnecessarily padding the numbers of a guy who can you know, manage, you know, bring up the performance of those around him kind of organically um, is silly. So leaving him with Eichel has, is a twofold thing. It, like Bill just said, uh, you'd be moving your, in this scenario, right? You'd be moving your 40 goal scorer away from your top center, which doesn't make any sense. Uh, and and then you've got, you know, right, you're back to the mega line, so to speak. Or if you, you know, move Skinner away, you're trying to hope he can elevate Middlestad or whoever your second center is. doesn't make any sense, right? Right. So, so I think we're, we're kind of on the same page of, yeah, if you're going to move one off of that top line, it would be Reinhardt. And I think, did, did we want to say now who would, we would replace him with, or are we waiting on that? No, we'll wait on that. We'll, we'll get to that. Okay. Number, All right. so, yeah, yeah. So let's, so here's some, I'm actually looking at one number right now really quick because I'm talking here, so I might stumble through this. Okay, I'm good. All right. So I looked at a few different things. So I'll start off with, and this is going to be analytic number. So if you don't like that, too bad, deal with it. Uh, uh, so sassy chat. I like it. Sassy chat. I like it. Daddy's Oh, can we bring that back to life? Can we not do that? Tiger? I'm just be quiet over there. Okay? <laughs> and you too, Billy Willie, whoever we'll call you. Don't throw any comments in. We'll fix something for you. Anyways, back to the professionalness, uh, stats, numbers here. So I looked at uh, 
Michael McCurdy uh, Hockey Biz. Uh, I looked at his – people might have saw it, his event distiller that he kind of had for free, and then now it's behind the paywall. Um, and since I contribute, which you should, uh, I feel like analytics because Mike has some good stuff. Anyways, uh, so I looked into this event distiller. I looked into uh, the Sabre stats, Eichel uh, – I'm trying to think how to do this. Okay, so it's, it's Skinner without Eichel and Reinhardt without Eichel, basically, how the team did. So Skinner without Eichel on the ice uh, – the, it's actually it's interesting. Uh, the offense impact was negative five percent, but the defense was also okay, close to average, negative one percent. So he wasn't generating that much offense, but the defense, I guess, maybe was slightly better. Um, you know, Skinner without Eichel, which maybe makes some sense. Now the flip side, this kind of gets interesting. Reinhardt on the ice without Eichel, uh, he basically is worth four percent. So he kind of takes 4% worth of offense. So that, that's good, showing he can cre- he creates offense when he goes not out there. So that's good. The interesting part, this at least in terms of last season, is he basically gave that 4% back in defense. Now, for the most part, Reinhardt's been a pretty good defensive player, but I think last year his numbers kind of dipped a little bit. So I think if you kind of looked maybe over last season, the season prior, uh, that defense number might be different, but that's interesting. So there's two more things here that I want to give you guys to kind of, I guess, in a way, debate over and kind of hear your thoughts on. So then I looked into the information on the natural stat, natural stat trick, the data on the Skinner, Eichel, Reinhardt line, which is, this is, these numbers are going to be good. You're not going to be surprised. So 540 minutes time on ice at five on five, uh, 52% Corsi, 54% uh, expected goals percentage. Uh, this is all per 60, by the way. And then a 53.99 scoring change is 4%. So good. They're all positives and by a good margin. So that's good. Now, Olofsson, Eichel, Reinhardt. They played 82 minutes the last season, which I think which equated out to about six games. Corsi, 59%. Expected goal, 4 percentage per 60, 66.7%. Dang. Scoring chances, 4 percentage, 68.66%. So in a way, that line, again, it's a much smaller window. So, you know, you can't really put 540 against 82. That kind of doesn't, that's not really fair. But in those six games they played together, they kind of, I guess I could say it was, it was maybe one of the more Sabres dominant lines in a small sample window, you could say, hmm. uh, which is interesting. You know, I, I knew that Olofsson, Michael Reinhardt line look, looked pretty good and worked pretty good. But I think when I kind of look at the numbers here, it's, it's interesting, and it's. I, I still think I land on. I guess I'll kind of say what what I would do, and then I'll let you guys talk. I would keep Skinner with Eichel, uh, but I would also I'm putting Olsen on my second line, and I think I want to put him with Reinhardt. Then can I do Olsen Middlestat Reinhardt? And I don't know. I mean, I I think that gives Middlestat some really really I good love that words, idea. Wingers, I can score a lot of goals. Reinhardt can help him. It would offensively in other areas, and Olsen is a natural sniper on his left side. So that's what I would do, but uh, I'll, I'll kind of now pass it to you guys to kind of give your thoughts on those numbers, I guess. Yeah, I, I love that second line. I mean, in the projections, you know, I, God, I forget how long ago I did them on Twitter. Um, might have even been before they added Johansson, to be honest with you, but um, that that would be my second line as well. I mean, I, th- I think you've got that perfect semblance of balance, and it eliminates the issue from last season of, Casey Middlestat not having the support, you know what I mean? It just, 
he, he had to be the best player on his line. And, and in this scenario, he absolutely does not. Right. right. I think that's how you transition, uh, you know, a teenage player. I know he's not anymore, but you get the idea. I mean, it um, kind of gives you an answer of him at center too. Right. I mean, if you think sure. those wingers exactly. can't succeed at center, then maybe he's not my center long-term. It, exactly. Exactly. Yes. It, it's the best way to both give him every opportunity to be great and analyze an asset. So I, I I'd be all for that. Um, in, in, in terms of, you know, what, what you would do then, on the first line on the right side, I think you've got probably three viable options that none of which really, I don't think differentiates themselves too, too, you know, in, in too stark away from the other. Um, I think if you're ignoring the rest of the lineup, Rodriguez would be your best fit there in my opinion, but you, I kind of need him as my third center, I think. Yeah. Um, so I, I wouldn't do that just for the sake of, you know, your, your scoring depth. I'd like to have him, you know, man that third line. So you're kind of down to uh, Shiri if he can flip over and, and Johansson conversely for, for the same reason, right? Um, I guess if I'm choosing, I'd like Johansson because I think he's probably a little bit better defensive player than Shiri is, you know, I think marginally. Um, so, uh, and I think he can, you know, hang with, with Eichel and Skinner. So I think if I'm uh, picking a guy to, to hitch my wagon to on that first line, I think Johansson makes the most sense, but I wouldn't be upset with Shiri because I don't think he'll represent a net negative you know what I mean? I guess I don't think he'll hold yeah. them back, but he also won't fix any like defensive issue, which if you want to kind of readjust the deployment, you know what I mean? And, and bring them closer to that, you know, 55%, you know, not, not have them, you know what I mean? Uh, kind of, you, you want to take advantage of, of that zone entry ability, right? And that's where Johansson comes in. So you can actually deploy them a little bit more defensively uh, with his puck moving ability. He, he can contribute in that way. So I think from an all around value standpoint, Johansson makes the most sense if you're going to move Reinhardt off that line, which I believe as we have been talking about, they should. But Bill, you were the hundred percent, definitely easy answer going Skinner. Those numbers, the Olsen change your mind a little bit at all. Or are you still doing that same, definitely keeping Skinner there? No, I think I'm still in this game. <clears throat> I, I think for me, it's really, I know this, it's kind of adding more questions than answers, but what's the third line then? Are we looking at Johansson, Rodriguez, Shiri, or BC? I guess it kind of depends who you're going to put on that right wing one, right? And it's kind of Anthony kind of started that discussion too, is who right, goes exactly. there then. Right. But that, so that's what I'm thinking is even if, so you throw Johansson up there, what's your third line looking like? Um, I guess I would come down to what is what BC, Rod, Shiri then, right? Yeah. Yeah. Is that terrible? But I don't know if I love it either. You know, right? Well, because so I'm thinking to your point, you're saying you like Johansson defensively to be up on the top unit, but I think maybe I would need him on the third line, sheltering BC to play more of a defensive role. Right. One thing that's interesting, speaking of BC and defensively, I, I was looking at numbers specifically on Patrick Liney, uh, the recent favorite topic of Twitter. VC, you know, we know how bad Liney's defensive numbers were, his defensive impacts. Right, looking at evolving hockey, their the expected plus minus um, overall. You know, he was. I think he was like bottom 25 in the league uh, line. I'm talking about, believe it or not, VC was actually worse than him. I think VC was like 19. So I mean, like that kind of gives you an idea. I mean, it, it, I mean, the trade's so weird. That trade is so odd. It really is so odd. I mean, you mentioned Kevin, Kevin and I talk about this all the time, how odd that VC trade is. It's just like, it's not great. Like why it was, that came before Johansson, right? Cause that was on July 1st. So I kind of wonder if like, they didn't think they were going to get Johansson. Then all of a sudden, like, oh, look, we can get Johansson too, kind of thing. So it's, hmm. I don't know. I mean, there was, you know, I mean, we talked about it before that. You know, there was a VC rumor was there. They were always kind of kicking that around. And then it eventually happened. But 
I mean, a third round pick is whatever, but it's, I don't know. It, it's an odd trade overall, but it, it is what it is now, I guess. He's here. But yeah, defensively, right. I, I wanted to kind of throw that out there where he, his numbers were actually pretty, pretty bad. They've kind of been pretty bad throughout his entire career. So then you probably guess, need, go ahead. No, no, please. <clears throat> I don't, I'm just thinking out loud. I just, is there any way then that, well, obviously, maybe this Risto trade changes things. Is there any way, like, a, somebody shocks the world here, like a, a Rustalainen? Can he – any chance of that? Yeah, but I think if he does that, then I think he's just taking Gergensen's spot. I, I can't see him – Jumping all the way up top. Left wing three. But then – because then again, you're, what, you're going to put – just, God, it gets back to the VC trade. It doesn't make a ton of sense. The VC's my – what, my third, my fourth line left winger then? And and that's exactly what I wanted to just bring up because I've seen him projected there a couple of times. And at first it, I kind of raised my eyebrow at it, but it, you know, it's not the worst idea. It, it all depends on how they're planning on deploying those third and fourth lines, right? It, right. What their plan is there, right? If they're going to go back to having that defensive specialty fourth line, which it, it, I'm not saying it, it was a good idea necessarily last season, but it was one of the few things that resulted in kind of like a net positive, right? Uh, in in what Phil Halsey was doing, it was one of the only things really. I don't love it. I I, I think you you should try to you know achieve balance. And, it, and if Kruger kind of shares that thought, is VC on the fourth line crazy? You would have two guys in Oposo and Larson who can shelter him. I mean, yeah, you're not shelter maximizing defensively, but they're not going to drive any offense for him. Exactly, you're not maximizing his offensive potentials. Is what I'm getting. That's right? all he's really good at. That's why the basically why I got him to produce some offense for me, not. Fair, fair enough, right? I mean, maybe you put him on the power play. Then I, I don't know. It's just <laughs> it, it's so weird, it. right? <laughs> yeah. No, I know, and it's kind of it, it's hurting. You know, what I mean, because because you're. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, Bill brings up a great point. You know, if you're going to put Johansson up there, you're you're going to leave VC almost exposed a little bit defensively. Like, yeah, Erod's a competent defensive player, and, and Shiri's not necessarily a net negative in that regard. Right. Yeah, but but it's not enough to maybe uh, kind of supersede VC's shortcomings. Yeah. So, I mean, what, what do you do then? I mean, I guess you right. could put Shiri up there, but, and, and I get, you know, I think Eichel and Skinner really wouldn't be hurt by, by, you know, anyone outside of like maybe an Oposo who's just like, you know, cement skates, but um, yeah, I mean, VC puts him in a tough spot because it's hard to maximize a guy's offensive potential while also worrying about the fact that he gives up so much defensively. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it really, you know, throws it through a loop. That's why anyone saying switch VC to the right and have him with Eichel and Skinner makes me want to barf. Well, just to bring that up, is is that real? I mean, it's possible. I don't, I don't think it's a good oh, idea. No, I don't think it's a good idea at all. Idea. I mean, yeah. we know that Skinner and Eichel, I mean, they're not, again, they're not, the worst defensive players ever, no. but they're also not great either, right? So it's, right. you're going to have a line that you're going to hope is going to blow the doors off. I don't know they're going to be able to blow the doors off, but can produce offensively enough for the defense doesn't hurt them, which I think they could. But it's I, I don't know. It's if it was if it was me and this roster stays the way it is, you know, I, I think the guy you put there is Shiri, um, and that's and that's only solely because Rodriguez has, Rodriguez has to be my third line center. Yes. Uh, if you're gonna if you're gonna move to Reinhardt to center, this conversation changes completely. Because oh. then I'm gonna put Rodriguez on that top line, and then maybe I can put you can put Shiri with him and Olsen then. Right, right. I can put Shiri over there. Then I can have Johansson, Erod, and then VC. Right to, to kind oh, of Middlestat. Oh, Middlestat. Jeez. Oh goodness. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So then I can do Johansson, mm. Middlestat, VC. I guess. Hmm. I don't know. Does that give Middlestead enough? Johansson, I like, right. I like Johansson primary primary shot contributions, but I think then he needs to be with a forward. I think as a finisher, or maybe VC can be that finisher. Um, hmm. 
So it, it's yeah, it's tough. It, it's getting to that line that line combo matching. But as much as I think I would like Reiner to play center, I realistically don't think Botterill or the Sabers are kind of in that position for whatever reason uh, to run that experiment. So I think Rodriguez is going to be your third line center. Um, in that case, I'd put Sherry up there. You know, I think he he did it before with Crosby, and even he played. You know, that year he had those big numbers. I, I forgot who said it, but somebody who covers the Penguins said that Sherry kind of a uh, you know he rode Crosby's coattails, I guess you could say, in a way, from that right side. So um, I think the way they put it is, you know, he rode shotgun with Crosby on that right-hand side, but he also didn't make a mess of it doing that. So Yeah, it was Ryan Wilson, right? That's, uh, yes, that's who he was. Yep, yep, that's what he I said. I remember that. Yep, so it's fine. That works. And, and you know, I, I did a write-up on Shiri recently where I think he's going to have a, a – I think more than some people, I think, that he's going to have a bounce-back season based on some, you know, shooting percentages and the way, you know, some – luck he didn't get last year and kind of where he goes to score his goals. You know, I think if you put him with Eichel and he had some successful Eichel start last year uh, that I think, you know, that, that, that can work at least for the time being. Um, and maybe you can kind of rotate some guys through there to kind of get some different looks. That's possible too. Uh, but primarily, you know, if you watch, I put some clips in there. He likes, he, she really likes to attack from the right-hand side. So mm-hmm. if he can play that right wing, he likes to attack, you know, from that right-hand side, then right wing wall, then, let him play over there, but it's if they had another center, I think I'm definitely putting Rodriguez there, uh, and it might cost them more money um, when he's in RFA again next season because I think he can put up some nice numbers there. But I think right now they're kind of stuck in a hole since they don't have another center uh, that they kind of have to put him basically as their third line center, which is fine because he can do it. He showed us last year he can do it. Um, I guess him and Middlesex essentially can be that hybrid two three and. You know, whoever's going or based on matchups can play more that night. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I mean, there's <laughs> Aristo trade kind of throws a lot of knots into this and maybe get some clarification, but it, it's still fuzzy right now. It really is. I think the guy I least like up there is Johansson, if I'm being honest. Because like hmm. I said, I think I think for his shot contributions, um, I think maybe that's too much on one line where you kind of have Eichel as a playmaker there, the generator. Um I don't need two playmakers to one finisher. You know, then I think the puck is moving around too much. And so I, I think if I can get Eichel with, you know, some guys who could score or even like Rodriguez who can kind of get some shots and help defensively, um, that makes the most sense than having two essentially playmakers up there. And I can have Johansson set somebody else up with his contributions, like, for example, VC in that third line with Rodriguez. So if you have a Johansson Rodriguez VC line, that's not too bad, right? So. Yeah. Just the thoughts that go through my head. I know you're going to hate this next statement because you hate every time someone brings it up, which reasonably so. But I just want to throw it up. But I'm doing it anyways. But I'm doing it anyway. <laughs> you're going to hate it, but I'm doing it. <laughs> I know he's never done it before. I'm aware. But if some way they could have all of Sinatra, Don't. If some way they could do it, that would be awesome. On the right, you're saying? Yeah, on the right. Okay, with, all right. With I thought you were going to say, like, what if they make put, make Ristolainen a forward? Why would I ever do that? <laughs> That's why, why I said do don't before me? you said it. That's why I said don't before you said it. <laughs> I would never suggest something like that. Check it away. Don't know of me. Ouch. But you kind of thought he was going there too, didn't you? Come I kind of did, yeah. That was a, that was a shot to my ego. Um, no, no, of course not. No, I'm just saying I, I, I can understand the disdain for, for that suggestion because I think people just see his highlight reel and, you know, see all the power play goals. It's like, he's played the right. It's like, actually, he has not. <laughs> Um, I, is that would that be the worst idea if he if he can do it? I, 
man, I, I would, don't think it's a bad idea. Just the problem is he's never done it. I know he's never as, done it. He's rare. I don't think he's, he's, he's you're having a left in Sweden, never did it over yeah. here. But as the roster is constructed right now, you're having probably two lefties like transition over anyway. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's either going to be Shiri or I know Johansson has played the right, but he hasn't done it recently. I think he's been primarily a left guy. Um, so you're, you're probably having two guys, two left wingers, uh, you know, who, with their primary position, play the right side. So, I mean, is, is it the worst idea? You're doing it anyway. I mean, I mean that's I what training camp's for, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Wrist lining it forward. Well, I mean, two of us <laughs> thought you were going that way. So still, still yeah. you said it was, that way. You did. I, th- I, th- I, th- I think, I think if we're listing this on the betrayal chart, it might've taken the number one spot. <laughs> did it to yourself. So, but no, you, you guys are you to blame. No, it's a you, betrayal. You, you were close, I'm saying if you got me to yell out, stop before you actually said. <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> Good God. So, uh, well, all right. I was just gonna say, you know, so. someone is gonna listen to this and then like forget six months from now and say, "This is the same guy who suggested Ristolainen is not right way." <laughs> Jerks. <laughs> I like that tweet, by the way. <laughs> I know you. <laughs> from the VTV account. So uh, uh, <laughs> no, seriously, if so, if you move Olafson over to the right, what's your second then? Middlestad, Johansson, Reinhardt. Yeah. And yeah. then Shiri, VC, uh, Rodriguez. Yeah, because my ultimate goal is to have middle that not have to run his own line. And I think Reinhardt, regardless of, you know what I mean? Not, not regardless of who's on the other side, but more importantly than who is on the other side takes that responsibility away. So yes, I'd be okay with that. Here's a question I'm going to throw out there that you just, based on what you just said. Um, I don't want to spend a ton of time on it, but I still, maybe it's, it popped in my head, I'm going to throw it out there. When do I need middle stat to be able to run his own line? After this year, After I think. Year. Okay. Fair enough. I was just curious. Throw it out to get your opinion. Bill, you agree? I mean, yeah, probably. <clears throat> Let him shelter him this year with the next season. Need him to kind of. Yeah, I think so. Because that's, that's your prove it season, then, right? I mean, I would think. Well, I mean, ideally, though, in general, your team continuously gets better. So he's not really going to have to. I mean, sheltered is a, you know, he's probably, you're going to pay Sam and he's always going to be on that line, ideally. Right. Well, right. Fair enough. Yeah. I mean, because you're after the season, you're extending middle stat to a bridge deal. You know what I mean? I don't think he's going to do enough to, to, you know what I mean? I was going to say, doesn't that less in theory then make this his prove it season? Cause you have to pay him. Yeah. But I, th- I, mm, okay. I mean, and not yeah, only, not right. only, yeah, I'll put it this way too, is he's that 10, 10 dot two C free agent where you hold all the power. Exactly. Um, yeah. Really. You so, kind of want to get, I mean, you would hope hmm. that lateral wants to get some sort of, haven't seen it happen once. Yeah, doesn't do that's with anybody good, else. Yeah, this is your point. opportunity. That's you have all the power. He has no arbitration rights. He can't be offer sheeted. He has essentially no rights. Like you have all the power in that negotiation. I think you have to. It, it's a catch twenty two, though. I guess. I mean, I, I don't know if if you if you make him try to do it again and it, and it backfires on you, then what? Then you're bridging him anyway. You know what I mean? It's, it's about to happen. Yeah, right. Year. Well, see, that's the weird thing is he's going to have to start hitting on these one way or the other in respects of, you know, value longer term deals on some guys where he's going right. to you know, shell them out and hit or he's going to need to start or keep. Well, I don't want to say keep start nailing drafts because you're going to eventually you're going to look two years down and be like, oh, shit, I'm paying all these guys all this money. Right. So yeah. now I'm filling draft picks in the, the bottom guys. And and the kind of your Dylan Cousins has is going to play into this. You know, I, I believe, you know, what I mean, if he if he you know, plays lights out and, and, you know, justifies putting him in the NHL next year, which I think he will. It, it 
takes away that necessity, I guess, to extend Middlestat long term. You know what I mean? Um, because he's got that potential as well. I, there's a lot of moving parts, but but for me, I think forcing Middlestat to try and run a line. I mean, but, I but it's run a line. I, I just say like the way I'm putting it is I don't even run a line this season. I, I think you have to kind of have a decision here what your long term plan is going to be. I mean, if you, sure. I mean, you see like yeah, Cousins kind of comes into this. I get what you're saying, but really beyond Cousins, you don't have any scoring centers essentially you know i mean it, it, then it drops then it drops to asplin and davidson and the, i mean you don't even know if davidson can play center on the nhl you know isn't, isn't that the ideal though you have your top three guys and then you just start rolling fourth line centers as well, they... right yeah right yeah yeah, yeah. So no, it's fair. But, but, I, but i think i think it kind of goes back to just our most recent suggestion of, of reinhardt johansson and Middlestad. i think i think that's you're not sheltering him so much, you know what I mean, where you're putting him with, you know, all-stars on both sides, but it's I think it's enough to to give him more juice than last year. It, it, it's it's all about proportion, too, because if you look at it, it's tough to put him with worse line mates than he had last season, right? right. So, you, you right. know what I mean? It, it, so I'm not suggesting – I think suggesting to do that again is, is a bad idea. I don't know. It's, it's an interesting situation. Yeah. I mean, when you said run a line, I was – that's what went through my head is <laughs> – you should in no way, shape, or form in the next couple of years get back to a spot where Middlestad's running that line. It depends on your definition of it, right, of, of what running yeah. a line is. I mean, yeah, no. Having him try and carry dead weight in, in Tage Thompson and Kyle Oposo is not running right. a line. Right, no, I don't need that. I guess That's essentially is I don't, I don't want to be two or three years on the line and think, man, i got to put wingers around Middlestad or he's useless. Sure. That's sure. kind of where I don't want to be. No, that's that's right. Just um, the better wingers, baby. Yeah, well, right. You don't, you don't have to worry about that. If all your wingers are fine. Uh, so we have about 10 minutes to go here. So quickly, I think we'll, we'll kind of shift off this. You know, we have some more we have some more time here to kill. So we'll definitely get back to this conversation kind of as the offseason continues to unfold. But uh, I think quickly we should touch on the jerseys because they're pretty – well, the 50th anniversary jersey, I think we're all in – in agreements is pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. And then going to the Royal Blue, which also I think Raw Agreements is pretty awesome. So all around the Sabres did a pretty good job of their jersey selection, am I right? Yeah, but yeah. they just gotta win now. <laughs> right, right, right. That's the deep the detail on that Buffalo is just so gorgeous. It yeah, is. is really yeah. nice I, I kind of hope they keep that with the yes that, that kind of intricate detail with it. I agree. Not, not, not like the gold. I think they have to go back to the white buffalo, but that right. yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean it's yeah. you know we I think it's an easy move. Yeah. Keep the jersey, just change the colors. Right. I, I like how they did it too though. <laughs> it's it's smart. Uh they announced the Royal Blue before releasing the fifty anniversary jersey, so you didn't get you know that's all they would replies get. about Royal Blue. <laughs> 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 smart. It was smart of them. I give them credit for that. Um yeah, so I think that's kind of really it for this week. So we kind of gave you some Risto news, such as some forwards, some good conversation there. The jerseys are pretty awesome, simple, sweet. So I'll, I'll kind of run into my spiel here that usually I, I get to at the end. So make sure you're following us uh, on Twitter at PTB Hockey. Uh, you can follow myself on Twitter at CMD Diminisys. Uh, Mr. Chandra, you can follow him at Chandra Sports. Uh, if you want to follow Bill besides his, uh, where he does most of his work at PTB Hockey, uh, at Bill Shockey, but really he's mainly on the B2B account. So yes, sir. Either one you want to follow, but still. So that's where you can find us in our stuff. Also make sure you check out DiveTheBlade.com, uh, our new partner for the SB Nation podcast network, where you're going to find our podcast. And also where you'll find excellent written content by all the lovely 
and smart and good writers on that site. And make sure you're following us on subscribe, rate, share, iTunes, Spreaker, uh, iHeartRadio, Spotify, essentially, again, anywhere you listen to a podcast. Uh, we're even on Megaphone now. That's where we're going to be for SB Nation. So if you go get your podcast there, we're there too now. So you can catch us anywhere at Google Play too. I think I don't think I mentioned that. So we're pretty much everywhere you listen to a podcast. So please rate and subscribe if you don't already. Uh, ratings and any comments are also appreciated. Uh, good ones are the best, but we'll take any positive feedback as well. Uh, if you want to yell at Anthony about suggesting wristline and play forward, I did not that. That, oh, that, that is gonna. You know what? I'm bringing back Chatty Daddy. I'm gonna hashtag every tweet with it. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> Can't wait to tweet out tonight. Come see Anthony's great idea for top. <laughs> I'm gonna do the tweet. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna put in like, did Anthony really suggest wrist over forward? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> wrist alignment on the top line? Question mark. <laughs> Welcome to our clickbait. <laughs> I'm absolutely doing like I'm putting the tweet like, <laughs> like see if Anthony actually actually suggested wrist line and play forward. I'm gonna. Do, my followers are just gonna plummet. <laughs> <laughs> Come for Chad's wristo trade news. Stay for Anthony's. Suggesting to move to forward. <laughs> Anthony's response was to keep him playing at forward. In <laughs> <laughs> oh, other news, yeah, some exactly. co-host decisions to be made next week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're just the next podcast. Where did Anthony go? Well, is this in the last one? <laughs> he went back to the fear bunker. <laughs> <laughs> uh, good stuff. Good stuff. All right. So, uh, that's it for this week. So we'll start preseason's getting closer. Hopefully we'll have more to talk about. Uh, so we'll get, we're going to get back into our weekly flow here because I need to talk hockey with somebody because I'm getting bored and losing my mind. So we'll definitely get back into our weekly flow here and try to make podcasts when things happening, but we'll do that. At least if nothing happens, we'll just rehash Anthony's suggestions. And <laughs> yeah, so that's it for episode 102 of beyond the blade. We will talk to you next week. Thanks for listening. See you.